Welcome to this week's edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey of The Athletic's Norwich City correspondent, and I hope this finds you safe and well. For you this week, a lovely Farker, S-E-V-E-N, and quiz answers. Uh, leading us through it all, we have Norwich City stats guru, NCFC numbers, a.k.a. Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. There we are. We're still a well-oiled machine. And uh, full-time Barclays season ticket holder and full-time psychiatrist, Dr. Ben Walden. <laughs> Hello, Michael. Um, it's never going to change that intro. Uh, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> it's just my job. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, this is my job. Uh, who's yeah, really point. laughing? Um, uh, how are we, gentlemen? Are we okay? Steve, you had your birthday? All went well? I almost blew the surprise. You did, yeah, yeah. It was, did you um, not know it was your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a, I had another surprise lined up, which um, Michael was just generally acting a bit weird, and I couldn't quite work out why. And then after the event, I, I realised that he was part of a, of a much bigger surprise. And then I thought, oh, that'll be why he was like that. But no, I had a lovely day, thank you. And I'm, uh, I'm now well and truly into my thirties. So that's. I don't know. Congratulations. It's all, it's all downhill from here? Not at uh, Best decade so far. Best yeah, decade so far. Why not? Oh, that's promising. Um, I'm wearing a ridiculous hat. Ben, you, you got your hair out. That's great. For those obviously yeah, listening so as a try- podcast, you can't see this, but we'll probably put a video and an image up somewhere. I, I tried hat, but it didn't fit with the various paraphernalia to uh, talk to other people in the world that you have to have now. So... Um, just stayed with all of the hair. I love it. Um, and a, a vast array of board games in the background, but we're not going to talk about that. As tempted as I am to ask you about all your board games, <laughs> including Jaws. Um, quick housekeeping. If you haven't been listening to our past editions of the On The Ball podcast, then you've missed some real treats, including our exclusive Canaries chain gang chats with Steve Morrison, Russell Martin, Andrew Crofts, Simon Lapping, King of Spain, Adam Drury, rare on that, Dean Ashton, and last week, David Fox. All were a real treat and worth your ears if you get a spare few minutes. This week, our own project restart continues. English top flight football returns in little more than a fortnight. And earlier today, I got to chat to Norwich head coach Daniel Farker for the first time in three months. Now, there is some good news for all the people who like this, because of course Norwich are back in training and contact training now. Uh, Sam Byram is the only current injury concern for the restart, and he's only a couple of weeks away from being fit enough to play. Uh, Farker has also been busy uh, through the suspension, working out how Norwich can boost their survival chances. Remember, most people have now written them off. possibly including us. I think we were down to a 5% chance, so I think that includes us. Um, What we should do, I think, is hear from the man himself, because, as you said, Steve, you haven't heard his voice in a long time, so hopefully you'll appreciate this, yeah? Why not? I'm looking forward to this, yeah. Okay, um, here is some of Daniel Farker uh, from me speaking to him earlier today. What, What do you do about not being able to have team meetings? But if you physically can't get the group together and you want to analyze something or you want to literally put to them how you're going to take on a game, have you, have you got a plan for how you're going to deal with it? Yeah, strange. We, we had a few um, video calls also like during, during the break, um, but it's not the same. So you also need the more like the, 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 um, the personal touch and the, the, uh, the feeling between the group. And it was strange for me. So, with an unbelievable long break, 10 weeks, and then more like my first initial thought was, okay, 
come on, let's let's speak about the whole situation with the with the group because we need this unity as a group because we want to achieve one target and then it's more like no the rules you just can't speak to five players anyhow it was strange yeah? because i had uh, to do six times uh, the same speech more or less as uh, believe me so for the players it was always new but for me you know, six times it was more like i was more tempted to come on let's go out and train a little bit or whatever <laughs> you have to make sure that you're still with the same intensity and the same concentrate on the same contents and um, what you what you've done before and Meanwhile, it's more or less we, we can be in bigger groups, but not in our meeting room anyhow. So we have to find some solutions to, to speak outside and bring, for example, a, a TV screen outside. But yeah, it's still you can't can't work with this intensity. It's it's still a bit strange and, and, and not really helpful. But like I said before, we try to find some um, some solutions, and it's more or less for all the groups at the, at the moment the same. And we can't complain too much, but it's it's a different working. Yeah, I bet, as it is for all of us as well. Um, and also, I suppose the other thing on that is that is the team spirit and the, the bonding of the group, because clearly in a pre-season, that's one of the key things of bringing the group together. And, you know, they spent longer than a summer, longer than a normal close season, separate and apart and in their own little worlds. So can you can you sense that there's, some, there's, a, there's something you need to do to bring the group kind of back together over the next couple of weeks, if you can? Um, that's that's uh, a great challenge, if I'm honest. So we were, of course, speaking in the beginning of the break. It's more like, uh, yeah, once we are back together, let's let's have a team evening, perhaps a barbecue together to 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 get again this unity. And then uh, the situation develops, and it was pretty clear clear you can't do this. So it's more like uh, you just can play in small group and train in small groups. And and even right now, they are not allowed to to sit together in the dressing room. Everyone comes separated in in his own car. Um, it's difficult so it's more like but during this term so the unity and the bond is perhaps even more more tested and it's due to the to the characters of the players and in this strange moment you you really show some team spirit and uh, this is what we what we have to do we have to make sure that in this terms although it's difficult to to create this sense of of team bonding during these times that we are better than all our competitors and uh, this is definitely um, a topic we, we speak a lot about this and what we're trying to, to work on and of course with um, with the tools that we have at the moment it's not that easy but we try to, to make the best out of it and I'm pretty sure the, the lads will um, will adapt to this and all I can say so far they have adapted quite well In terms of how do you how are you going to go about selecting things from now because you've clearly got almost a fully fit squad which which i'm sure is something you would have loved to have had for the previous six months of the season um i mean do, do you are you going to take into account what has happened or is this literally a clean slate now i mean it, it seems so detached from everything that's happened already hmm. it's a bit like uh, like this like you mentioned so it's the first time so i never have compared a football season with with playoffs, for example, like in the US sports, yeah, because it's not like this each and every game counts and it's always about three three points and even each and every game is important and you take the, the result and the performance of the last game always into the next game and you take this momentum with you and it's the first time since I work in football that it, it feels a bit like because of this, this big break, like we right now will go a bit into playoffs. Yeah, it's more like we had the the first big part of the season was yeah 29 games and of course it was important yeah because uh, you are yeah 
in a better or in a worse position. Yeah, for example, Liverpool is in the in the best position, and we probably in the in the most complicated. Also, in comparison to to all our competitors who are fighting against relegation, but right now it feels like a bit like okay, the the playoffs will begin with with nine finals, and during this this playoffs, it's not important that much what has happened. Uh, three months ago, it's more like during this playoffs, you have to make sure that you win more games than you lose. And this is also our challenge. Yeah? We have nine games, and if we win more games than we lose, if we win at least five games, we have a good chance in, in order to achieve our targets. Uh, better would be to, to win six games or something. This It's, it's still unbelievably difficult, uh, especially for us as a, uh, as a club with our, with our opportunities. But this is more or less like, like the sense right now we, we've got nine finals that are unbelievably important and in this sense we want to want to play the games and it's it's not important anymore if, if a player was there with, with brilliant performances three months ago no right now we have to deliver and this is more like the spirit um, in this spirit we have to play obviously I would have had a lot going on during lockdown but did you did you spend a bit of time looking back at the season so far and are there are there one or two things and what are they um, that you're kind of keen to I suppose almost rectify or or, or kind of learn from uh, over the rest of this season. Yes, definitely. So it didn't feel like a like a uh, like a summer break or like a like an off season yeah? because it's more like even if you had a brilliant year or perhaps a disappointing year, okay, when there's a summer break, it's more like it's it's done. Okay, clean sheet of paper, and right now uh, we 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 start again. It still felt the whole time that it's it's not over. It's it's not done. And it was more like you were in. An, analytic mode in, in order to to find okay which which are the the key points we have to improve in order to be uh, to be more successful to win more points and and to achieve our targets and this was the main part uh, what i've done during uh, during the whole season so there was uh, during the whole break there was lots of time to to watch our games back to watch other games to watch other teams and and um, to figure out um, which are the main and the key points we have to work on and yeah, hopefully for, we found the right points and the right key points and hopefully we're doing the right things. We're convinced that we do this, but we have to prove it on uh, on the pitch. And uh, this was definitely one of the main topics during the break, yes. What's the one thing you guys hope that he's learned during lockdown, watching all those uh, videos of Norwich and also other Premier League teams, Steve? Um, I, I mean, firstly, it was great to hear his voice again, wasn't it? I mean, uh, I've definitely missed that. That's wet my appetite nicely for the the upcoming games now. Um, I, I guess uh, it's difficult to know with the break um, exactly what they will have worked on. But from what I would like to see, I think, is for the shackles to come off a little bit um, and for them to kind of just go for it. Um, it was probably at odds with what I was saying earlier in the season, but I'd like to see the Norwich of um, 2019 back. Um, I just thought that they were, I, I feel like they're holding back a little bit with good reason. But I think these um, home games and in inverted commas are the ones where they need to go for it. So the, the, what I hope that they've learned is that actually now there's an opportunity to kind of take teams on um, at their own game. And like we're in this situation, which we've never, we've never kind of had before. So we don't quite know what's going to happen. So why not go put everything out there and um, see how many wins we can pick up? It's going to be so so weird. All those emotional things that we normally look at for football and how players react to it and all that sort of stuff. It's not going to be there, is it? It's, I'm sure they're going to want to win and all that sort of stuff. But ultimately, they're going to be playing in an empty room <laughs> and then just be able to hear themselves. It's it's gonna it's gonna be really strange. 
Um, it absolutely is part of the machinery of it all. Um, you know, it's as yeah, you named what I did already. So, um, as as part of my training, there's there's a classic exam question about a footballer that's essentially lost his bottle and and is is kind of scared of shooting, and you're supposed to talk about um, the different ways of thinking and 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 how they kind of will exaggerate one thing and forget all the other. And it, you know, it's real. It's you know, we we know we know the impact that the crowd has on the game, on the fans um, from from the other from the other side. We you know, I remember the Wolves fans always in front of the line or behind the linesman at Cara Road and just watching linesman after linesman cave into them. It's <laughs> um, All of that's gone. It, I, I've no idea. I've no idea how it's going to look. Um, it, it, I, think, um, I think it was my colleague Stuart James, apologies if it wasn't, I should have checked beforehand, wrote, wrote a piece on how Maybe it was maybe it was Danny Taylor. I uh, should have checked. But anyway, it was really good because all my colleagues are so talented. Um, on um, the fact that this this is now perfect for the training ground player, the player who can't do it on a Saturday because of the, the, the too much pressure, too many too many people watching. Um, I mean, conversely, Grant Holt always got slagged off for how bad a trainer he was. Yeah, he used to turn it on in front of a crowd in the game, so we could see. We can see players who, who sort of crumble in front of empty seats. <laughs> it could yeah. uh, well, just be interesting. Well, Rob I think Green I think sort could of be England goalie. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> might, might be. That ship may have sailed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That chance has gone. I think, um, speaking anecdotally, I think the teams in the Bundesliga that have fared better since um, the, the start of, of no crowds tend to be the ones that, that play more football, perhaps because they don't feel as inhibited. I think that's been an issue for Norwich um, going to away games. They've, they've maybe felt like they can't play their natural game, perhaps because when the crowd gets up, other teams kind of go at them a bit more. Um, whereas the teams who let's play, uh, play maybe, let's say, the more agricultural style um, have not done so well. So that might play into Norwich's hands as well. Obviously, it's a very small sample size, but I think um, that, that then there are sort of small positives of this situation, I think, that um, Norwich City can take. Um, there are issues um, in terms of what Daniel spoke about with team spirit and having a squad that has barely been together at all and even now can't really interact with each other apart from training in terms of contact. They can do that. But I think other than that, they're very limited to how close they can be in terms of proximity to each other. Uh, you can't have a team meeting in a room, talking to them, prepping them for a game or whichever and any of that sort of stuff. Um, I think Norwich are going to practice at Carra Road at some point, do some training at Carra Road um, because then they're getting used to playing in an empty stadium, which seems like a bizarre thing, but ultimately probably quite a sensible thing to, to do. And, and the one thing Daniel obviously spoke about was um, that to get the season restarted so you can play out the positive outcomes is what everyone wants. People want the chance to achieve something and that they've spent, you know, 76% of the season already trying to achieve like Liverpool winning the title. It's maybe just a bit harder to then have the negative, uh, um, the, the negative results maybe put forward as well, which of course is a relegation and will be an ongoing, uh, an ongoing discussion uh, almost certainly. And I'm not about to enter into it right now. Um, one thing that should be said, well, I mean, Daniel talked about, being a kind of a, a play, playoffs scenario, are we are we buying that in terms of what this is now? And also, what what do you take into account from from beforehand? Like, I, I wrote a piece on Daniel Farker's strongest eleven coming up, and sort of thinking, well, does Todd Campbell now have to prove it all again? 
because he's sort of in his second season syndrome, only the first one hasn't finished. I I don't think I don't think playoffs is quite right. It doesn't it doesn't quite feel right for me because um, one of the things we know about playoffs is that you sort of want to be third or sixth, right? Um, because you're either the best team in the competition or the you're the one with the drive and the momentum and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know the one thing the one thing i was i was saddened not to hear daniel say is that he had the players watching last season because that's sort of what i want I, it, we had the spirit crushed out of us you know by by burnley and sheffield united and the you know all those agricultural teams yeah yeah, yeah. well <laughs> uh, you know it, this is going to be the season that everybody forgets var was this big thing for a while and and it's gone away and come back you know there's all these sort of things that it's chipped on my shoulder that haven't got sorted um and so it, it's sort of weird I almost uh, I I just I just want to see the kind of like Steve says about kind of just just go at them but but more thinking about getting the team back together more than um more than what they do and particularly more than looking at other teams um I just you know I, I kind of want to see that that back from oh no no you're not going to get it because we're bottom of the table but um it'd be nice <laughs> Where's it go? I, I can i can kind of see the playoff comparison um i'm not going to pretend to know a lot about american sports but i have been watching the last dance recently so i um, having followed basketball very very uh, for, for basically for the last three weeks um i can see that you've got this kind of they they have this sort of the fixtures which kind of take up the majority of the season then break and then you, it's almost like a clean slate. And okay, that's not quite the same for us because we do still have the six-point deficit to make up. Um, there is that scenario where they've been able to kind of take a bit of stock and say, okay, this is where we are. Um, this is what we've got to do. Uh, let's, we know we've got nothing to lose at this point. Let's just go for it. And that, that's what I'm hoping, Farker, the approach that he takes. And that's, I think, really the only way that we can get out of this. It's interesting because I, I think that in Daniel's eyes, if they win a certain amount of games from these remaining nine games, they will stay up. Um, yeah. So he, he does see it in completely in their gift, and certainly given the teams, some of the teams they've got to play against as well. They've still got to play West Ham. I actually can't remember the fixtures now. I've started this conversation, but they've still got to play Watford, haven't they? Got to go to Watford. They do have Watford. Got to Brighton. host West Ham, Southampton at home as well. Go yeah. to Burnley. Um, no. Burnley they, home. Uh, they have yeah. Brighton and Everton to play at home as well. Um, and I forget who the final home fixture Ars- is. There's but an Arsenal fixture in there somewhere. Arsenal and, and Chelsea City still away. to come away and Chelsea. And, Chelsea. Yeah. and the final home game, I just can't remember. But uh, it's, it's not. They've played. I, remember, I was thinking uh, we are kind of lucky in that we've seen the, the big six come to Carrow Road. It would have been a shame to have missed any of those teams playing, but we have managed to catch them all. And the FA Cup, obviously which will be exciting too. Um, the, the one thing that has ha- also happened in recent weeks is that it's a three-year anniversary of uh, Daniel Farker's appointment at Carrow Road, uh, which was, I think, on the same day as they were promoted on Wembley, the same day of the year, obviously not the same year. Um, so uh, have we got, um, we might as well keep up the, uh, the Daniel Farker loving for a little bit longer. Any, any favourite memories or, or, of, uh, there've been some, Fantastic press conferences. I do think he's a little bit more reserved in his press conferences since Norwich got promoted. The first year or two with uh, the run-ins with Chris Wilder and Nelson Oliveira pretty much every other week. Um, I think there was something about boats, wasn't there? And, and then we had Stephen Naismith and Russell Martin not really talking about what was going on there. He's <laughs> only had a way of um, projecting himself, which has always been a, always been a lot of fun. 
Um, yeah, indeed. And you know, like I say, nice to hear his voice again. Um, I think. Well, first of all, um, three years is is no mean feat. Actually, I was looking back, and actually, since Dave Stringer in '92, only only Worthington has made it to three calendar years, which I kind of couldn't believe, really, because it doesn't feel like we're Hiram and Farham sort of club. Yeah, um, I, suppose, I suppose Paul uh, Lambert's the only one who'd be yeah, close. Yeah, um, yeah Lambert's still ahead of him. We'll come on to that. Yeah, he may feature later. Um, <laughs> but in terms of favourite memories, I mean, I was, you know, obviously thinking about this before we came on. Um, I think the way that Farker will be, I, I think the style of play, and the the team from last season will be remembered for years and years and years. And I, th- I think more so than any other manager that I can remember, he has stamped his philosophy on this team. Um, if I had to pick an individual memory, I mean, I, 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 probably the best game I've ever been to is that Man City game. I just 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 the way they played, and again, playing without fear and um, and taking it to maybe you know possibly the best team in the world at that point. Uh, it's something I, I never thought that we'd see at Norwich City um, and so whatever he does from now if it all goes like Paul Lambert um, then he's given us that that's that's great and everything um, and the football's been <laughs> thanks fab um, I'm sensing a but, but. <laughs> there, there was there was some time I believe within the last three years that game where we beat it was 3-0 and there was a fight with the next manager and um, I, it's a cliche <laughs> of course it's a cliche but my favourite moment is the wink and I'm, I'm, I'm calling it I'm calling it for this reason a forgotten fact about the wink is that it didn't come at the end of the fight right when you when you see all the footage now it's all been cut together so the wink's at the end it's Daniel Fart going hey I got him um, but it didn't come there when you watch the footage as it happened it's about halfway through it's before it all goes completely mental um, it's Right, he knows he's got him. He knows he's got him ahead of time. As it's kicking off, he's looking the other way, going, yeah, I got him. Um, "That's my favourite <laughs> moment, and it's my favourite moment because it's got remembered all backwards, um, oh. and possibly because we beat him switch three 0 But um, <laughs> yeah, it's that that's and a, all the good football about, and stuff. That's a good one. What about you, Michael? What have you got? I feel like there's, there's, you've got two extremes there in terms of favourite <laughs> moments. Yeah, yeah um, I think. Oh, it's, I, I mean, the way he was sort of carrying himself around the, the celebrations, um, you're clearly plastered like everyone, but just, just sort of this demure and demeanor of doesn't matter what's going to happen around me, it'll all be fine because look at what we've done. And I think, um, I suppose, in a way, I think, maybe take it back to the Arsenal Cup game within, for what, eight weeks of his appointment, and you had eight and a half, nine thousand Norwich fans traveling to the Emirates for a League Cup game where they weren't necessarily going to play a full-strength side, although they pretty much did because of the pressure of <laughs> so many fans going. And they had all the Daniel Farker masks out. And half of that time, they got smashed 4-0 at Millwall, and everyone's thinking, this isn't going to work. Just the remarkable amount of goodwill he has had at the club mm. since the very start. When you look across football and just think these managers get no time at all. It's like you say, I mean, th- three years. I mean, most championship managers last... 18 months at a push so and clearly he's had a lot of success as well to help foster that um but yeah just a, just a remarkable amount of of goodwill from so many fans i think that sort of sticks in my mind and and how he's managed to kind of 
repay it and, and keep hold of most people's respect in that time. Um, yep. He articulates things a lot better than a, a, a lot of people. So, um, and I think, I think the, the other thing as well is, and you kind of alluded to this, uh, but if we're going to talk about the whole three years in its entirety, the first year was not great. And, and really, you, I've said it before, but you go back to that Ipswich game at Portman Road. He, he was possibly 20 minutes away from the sack. I mean, we'll never know, uh, but had Lightning not scored that equaliser, he could have been out on his ear. I mean, that was a terrible Ipswich team, wasn't it? So to lose them would have been bad. Um, but so, so to come from that to, to where we are now, and okay, stocks maybe not as high with Norwich fans as it was 12 months ago, uh, is, is pretty incredible. And also, let's not forget, he's had to lose uh, you know we, we have made a lot of money on transfers since he's been here we he's had to lose some very good players and rebuild a team around players that have come in for much more modest fees so I, you know I, we're we're telling Norwich fans what they already know but you can't really underestimate the job that he's done I've made a I've made a job out of that um, and a career out of that too, so don't worry at all. Um, well, as it's as it's um, a, a bit of a, a bit of a Daniel Farker, we thought we'd um, extend our usual quiz to some Daniel Farker questions. So, Steve, you've got those lined up, which is of course incredibly exciting, and we won't <laughs> answer them. We'll let you guys all think about it, and then next time we do a pod, we'll answer them. But we have got to get the answers from uh, the last time we asked questions, whenever that was. Um, mm-hmm. Can you remember what those questions were, Steve? And we'll, we'll try and come up with the answers. I, I, I have what I hope are the right answers down here. Okay. So, um, the, so do the, I. The questions, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> snap. Yes. Uh, well, the questions were, so the first one, since uh, the turn of the century, four Norwich City players have scored three goals direct from free kicks. Three or more, I should say. So, League and Cup, oh. any game. Four Norwich City players have managed to score three or more goals since 1st of January 2000, direct from free kicks. So the question is, who are those four? Okay, well, I've got Robertson or Grass written down. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a safe banker. So, yes, Southampton away, Swansea away, West Brom away, West Ham at home. So you've got I, I could only remember one of them. Um, Madders, James Madison. No, surprise I was wondering, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering whether he'd be a surprise one. Now I'm in trouble. Oh, uh, oh dear. Um, well, the others I've got written here are Mario, <laughs> but I can't, I can only think Correct. of one. Oh, really? Well, yeah, you, okay. well the, the two famous ones went Sheffield Wednesday, of course, and uh, Leeds away. Oh, um, he also got one in the first Farker season at uh, Brentford in the Cup. Mario, huh. Mario's there. Um, Go on then, what's your other one, Michael? From 2000. Robbie Brady. But now I'm thinking Bradley Johnson. All right, see, I uh, thought... Yeah. Go on, Ben. Oh, go on, ben. No, 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 no. I was going to say, because I, I, I was wondering about Jono or... Um, uh, just throwing it out there, where is he? I know he didn't take a lot, but short ones. Uh, see, go a he bit, couldn't go a bit further enough. back. Yeah, well, that was the thing, right? That was the thing. If it was anything more than 20 yards, there was no point giving it away. But um, Okay, well, Phil Mulrine, I've got. But is that correct? Very good. Oh, oh man! Right. Phil Mulrine is going to be too good. early. Love Preston at home, Watford at home, Walsall at home. Can't Didn't even, even tell you any about The any original and still the best. Didn't even include um, Grimsby. <laughs> Grimsby away, which is, of course, iconic on his debut. Um, that, that would have been pre... Think, yeah, that would have been pre this century. Yeah, that was a good point. Yeah, um, yeah, that would have been. So, 
So the one, the one you're missing is actually the guy who's got five. Um, so he scored more free kicks than anybody else. Oh, Quite surprising. Uh, academy, academy player. He's still playing, but in his 30s now. Centre forward. Played for us. Chris Martin. Yeah. Correct. Chris Martin. Oh. Oh. Wow. Uh, so they were Bristol Roves at home, Poulton away, uh, <laughs> Millwall away, MK Dons at home, and then that 3-3 away at Reading. Wow, so, fair play. Those four, so, so Martin with five, Snoddy got four, and then Mulrine and um, Mario got three each. Well, I think we won um, that, didn't we? No, I, I lost it. I didn't say Bill Mulrine. <laughs> you said four. Um, if you've <laughs> got a quiz question... Night, so. If you've got a quiz question, you can say former Ryan and you don't, then you lose. Right. Um, <laughs> um, and what was um, the other question? Because all I've got written so the other here one is was, my answer. Yeah, no, I think you said you you, you, you thought you might have this one. So mm. um, it, it was a who am I? So they turned 42 on, I think it was the 17th of May. Uh, apologies if they're listening and that's not right. Uh, they scored on their debut. Their first six, their Norwich City debut, I should say, their first six goals for Norwich City were away from home and they played with Adam Drury and Elliot Ward at spells uh, away from Norwich City. So yeah, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm just going to straight ask you ben, straight away, Michael. What? Ben, do you want to have a guess? Curran. Leo McKenzie. Ah. McKen- McKenzie yeah. is right, yes. Yeah. Well done, well done. So obviously he got two on the debut, as um, most Norwich City fans would be able to tell you. But um, I thought that I thought I'd make it a bit well, too easy. So. Lovely. Oh, that was a lovely question. Um, <laughs> all right then. What, what were our Daniel, our Daniel Farker questions, Steve? Lovely okay, so I've got three questions on on this, and again, it's it's kind of done with uh, the fact that you've got a, a week or more to answer them in mind. So they're maybe not straightforward answers, um, but they're all the, the answers to all of these are are players basically. So um, eight. Captains have started games under Daniel Farker for Norwich City. Can you name them? So that's a see, oh. that's it's as it's simple as that. Eight different captains, which is quite a lot, I think. Um, so we're not talking about players who have been handed the armband. Um, if a, someone's been sent off or gone off as a sub, um, it, they have to have started the game. So eight players. Um, that's question one. Uh, second question: um, Three players have started. 10 or more games in all three of Daniel Farker's seasons. So, obviously, the two in the championship and then the one we're currently in. Uh, who are they? That's a great question. I love that one. Yeah. It, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to say any more than nope. that, but next time I'll we'll, we'll go into a bit more detail. And then um, two players, uh, sorry, this is question three, two players have scored four goals, exactly four goals, later than the 85th minute so in the 86th minute or later under Farker late goals being a bit of a theme at least up until this season um Timmy Pug is not one of them he's got five so um who are who are the two just behind him who have scored four goals 86th minute or later that's outstanding okay we will answer those Next time, Ben's Whenever. sort of scratching his chin. Well, I, I can think of somebody that scored at least three late goals. Well, it's not him then. Um, no, <laughs> this, this right. is how you at don't least, win at, at least three, at least three. So you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Might, yeah. you might just be missing one. Yeah, love it. Right, tell you right, what, we're going to we're going to move it on, um, if I may now to. Um, Last week, we saw the Athletic launch its oral histories series, and my contribution was uh, nine voices uh, from Norwich City's iconic 
7-1 home defeat to Colchester United that kicked off the 2009-10 League One season. Uh, and I still can't quite believe that I spoke to both Paul Lambert and Brian Gunn about it. You can read that piece right now as a lot of you already have done. Uh, if you're not already a subscriber, you can visit theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod for a 30-day free trial. Uh, gents, I'm curious to know your memories from uh, that day, um, or maybe as much the week and all the fallout that followed. But uh, can you remember much about it? Where, what were you doing? Ben, where were you? I, well, uh, I was in my seat for the first time. Um, uh, Barkley, Lower Barkley. Yeah, it was. Well, I'd I'd stopped going under Rhoda. Um, I'd I'd come back to I'd come back to Norwich um, in two thousand and seven, and and I didn't. Uh, I I you said earlier about no other managers kind of stamped his own mark on the team. I think well, Glenn Rhoda maybe stamped his mark <laughs> on the team. Um, um, but I kind of I I stopped going, and so um, sort of the end of the season when we got relegated and all that sort of stuff. So this was this was my opportunity to kind of come come back proper, and um, you know, right? It was the first thing I did was was go out and get a season ticket as soon as Rhoda left. Um, and so you know, it's first day, you know, summer and all the usual stuff. I remember what I ate beforehand. I've never eaten the same thing since. Um, <laughs> oh, what was it? What was it? It was Subway. It was, I, uh, it, uh, um, uh, yeah, I stopped for a sandwich near the station, got myself Subway, and um, I was like, right, never doing that again. You um, think a company that's um, colours are yellow and green, you think it'd be more yeah, successful? Yeah, no, really, turns you? out they, they, they absolutely didn't care about us. No. <laughs> nope. Love that. Horrible, horrible day. And <laughs> now... Uh, um, uh, uh, Sorry. Well, what I was going to say was, uh, well, firstly, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, if, if it needs another plug, if you haven't read the article yet, then you really, really must because yeah, it's, it's it's well worth the um, athletic subscription fee, which obviously you don't have to pay anyway at the moment um, on its own. Um, so definitely, definitely give that a read. It's a really good warts and all account. I remember it being a really hot day. It was, yeah, it was. one of those really kind of classic um, opening season, sunny. It's this is going to be a great you know great year we're going to bounce back and then obviously it all went downhill very quickly brian go mentions it in the article actually um i have a vague recollection that we actually started for the first eight nine minutes okay i thought i remember thinking we look quite good yeah yeah and uh, another thing that you mentioned michael in there which often gets forgotten is the fact that we we were really good in pre-season and we had that fantastic comeback win against wigan where i think we were two nil down and and simon whaley scored a really good winner um, so they won at they won at Selhurst Park, <laughs> which never happens. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. That was Simon Whaley as well. Ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, so there was enough there to suggest that actually we're going to do okay. Um, and what transpired was, I mean, it, it's quite incredible, and I don't ever think we'll see another match like it, where everything Colchester hit went in, and and Norwich clearly just had a shocker. And yeah, I, kept, I watched all the goals back after I read the piece. But I've still got some of the. The first one is vividly etched in my mind, um, and it's probably will probably never leave me. Um, <laughs> that, that's really interesting because because um, I watched the goals back, and I could remember nothing. I can and and it's really weird. I like I say, I remember what I ate beforehand. I remember the day. I remember the kind of the feelings afterwards. I remember I remember kind of talking about things both before and after. 
and I remember that I was at the game um, and I remember sort of a little bit about the feeling of it. But genuinely, like sometimes, you know, you you don't remember you've remembered, you don't remember a game that you've been to and then you watch the goals back. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, he's about it. Even now, I I watch, I watch the goals back. I'm like, no, I don't, no, don't remember any of this. Um, <laughs> genuinely don't, I mean they weren't good I uh, will be honest they weren't good but yeah don't I had to work out which end they were shooting at and everything don't yeah it's gone it's gone not there the I mean it's very tricky with Michael Theoklitos because with he never got a chance to rectify it or show what he had and obviously he's had a, a very good career in Australia but he looked so out of his depth during that game um one of the things I've discovered whilst uh, trying to reconnect with the the 90 minutes is that Colchester put up a full live stream of the game. So I did actually watch it all. Um, I I skipped through the odd bit, but I watched those first 10 minutes where Norwich were all right. Yeah, they had some good pressure and it was like a promising start. Um, And then the first time the ball went near their own penalty area, it ended up with, with Theo coming out and doing something ridiculous and Kevin Lisby had a tap in and I remember the sort of audible gasp at the at the time at that and just the 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 the, the sort of rumbling at half time of I mean how do you even process the fact that you're five nil down but not only that the fact that it was in you know the first game in the third tier of English football for 49 years I mean it was already a low point before before kickoff and I vividly remember being in, in, in my shirt and sweat patches it was as you said it was a roasting day absolutely drenched standing on the touchline waiting for whoever was going to come out to speak to us just sort of thinking what on earth do you do with this we're covering covering <laughs> a game of football how do you well where are the words to cover what this is going to be or what do you what do you ask someone after a game mm. like this because what can you say and grant holt did the did the press um mainly because he was probably a new signing and he didn't have any of the baggage because don't forget a lot of of the players who weren't making their debut they'd just been relegated so it's kind of on them already um and then obviously with all the you know no one no one's going to ever know really what happened in terms of at what point someone said to paul oh by the way you fancy Mm. taking over please and as much as things were good in pre-season in terms of results which i hate judging pre-season on anyway i think um there were some things that people weren't happy about with maybe um, how training was going or whether it was quite at the level it, it needed to be. I think Dan, uh, David McNally obviously had hugely high expectations, but just, um, just remarkable. Uh, it's so weird though, isn't it? Like as an event, it was shocking and humiliating and embarrassing. And I remember all, all about that, but, but now, I mean, it, I don't know, it's very different, isn't it? Because of everything that came as a result of it. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's now it's now viewed as this incredible turning point, which which it is. And to be honest, it, it, in my time supporting the club, it is probably the most pivotal game or moment, if you like, that, that we've had, um, simply because of what transpired after. And, and it, it is as simple as that's the trough that we hit. And then it was all uphill after that, basically. Um, and so, kudos to Gunn, by the way, who obviously gets, a, yeah. as you would expect, um, a lot of praise for being um, a top bloke, although <laughs> I won't give it away, but the sun cream thing really made me laugh. Um, uh, but, but also kudos to him for it, because it would have been such an easy thing not to have uh, done the interview or spoken to you, Michael, but um, clearly he, he, he's just the kind of bloke that will happily do that and, and wants to tell his side of the story. And he comes, all, the, all things aside with the result, he comes across really well. 
I'm glad he did. I was really glad he spoke to me. It wasn't really on my initial list because I thought, well, I, you know, don't really know why you'd want to talk about this. this. is horrendous. But then you speak, I spoke to more and more people and it was like, I'm just going to have to ask him because it's only fair. Everyone's talking about this, what's happening. And he used to have the chance and he was bang straight in. I know he's read it and he, <laughs> he, he enjoyed it, which I think is, is brilliant. Um, and yeah, sung, sung and, and from, from his point of view, I mean, you can't legislate for what happened. I mean, you know, Michael Theoklatos, we'll, we'll never know if he would have ever been any good in English football. But watching the goals back again, I mean, he was probably at, at fault for five of them, arguably. Yeah. You know, you could I, say you yeah. could have done better on that. Yeah. I think Perkins, um, Perkins and, volley was the only one that wasn't really his fault. Or, yeah, 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 portion, portion right. yeah, yeah you, you could argue six. And again, you said it in the article, he looked so small in that goal. But he's, he's not come with no reputation at all. And for a goalkeeper to make two mistakes in a game is unusual. For them to do it on their debut is even more unusual. I mean, five or six mistakes that lead to goals on your debut. I mean, you, you could bring in someone from Sunday League and I expect that. So Gunn couldn't really have been held responsible for that scoreline. And I mean, if we were to talk about psychology, I think having a crowd there and all of that expectation probably played a massive part of it because... I think a lot of those later mistakes just came from a result of the first one and everyone kind of losing huge amounts of trust in what was going on around, around them and, and the, the man in goal. So Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has to take a step back. You know, you, you notice that something's funny with your brakes. You don't accelerate as hard, Diaz. And, and, you know, you, the, the, whole thing, the whole thing's got to work together. And I, I just think the whole team, you know, I remember just the whole thing looking a mess. Nobody knew what to do. Everybody was just looking at each other, including us in the stands. We were like, well, do we, I mean, do we try and encourage them? Do we go home? Um, I think we, some, some in the back celebrated. And another thing I want to point out is that um, on, the, on the live stream, which is in the piece, by the way, I've, I've embedded the, the full game in there. I, I'm pretty sure I saw you leaving, Ben. Um, nice. About, 20 seconds, 20 seconds before the final whistle. Yeah, I was going to say, it'll be... Quick clap to the Colchester fans and off you went. That, yeah, that sounds like me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I remember, I remember very specifically saying that I'd never left a game early and I kind of counted that one as not leaving early because I left, you know, later than 60% of the crowd. Um, yes, it was I, th- I think I saw the seventh goal. I think I saw... I, I do think I, I saw the seventh goal. I was there the, for the seventh goal as well. I yeah. remember seeing Bernard wow. slot it in. Well, well we're, we're the story tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it was. There was that, wasn't it? It had stopped being sort of horrible by that point. And it was just... You almost became a kind of neutral for a little bit because you couldn't deal with the pain of being the actual poor that's in the middle of it um so you were just you were just there watching the news reports going and would you believe what's happened at caro road today chris um uh, and you're like oh, yeah no, no well um obviously a remarkable turnaround um yes it would the be car- <laughs> yeah as as Genny said first manager to get the job on a four nil win and get fired on a four nil win um absolutely and uh, yeah, the current manager of Ipswich um, uh, remains someone who achieved a lot here. But maybe we'll save that debate for another day. 
think it's probably time to wrap it up so in that case i will say that that is it for on the ball this week we hope you've enjoyed it if you did please tell your friends family and fellow norwich supporters uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us or ask us any uh, questions or any of our guests or ourselves we want to answer the quiz questions uh, get in touch just send me a tweet or direct message on twitter at michael j bailey in the meantime a big thank you to steve thanks steve thank you for having me always a pleasure and to you dr ben Thank you very much. Fans for longer football matches. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful yeah. background as well. Um, you should probably get some crowd in your in your room. I enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, as always, uh, thanks to you all out there for listening and getting involved. We really appreciate it. And we'll be back next week for another edition of On the Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, good night. <laughs>